Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Ministry. I'm your host, Mr. Joel Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside Ministry. The question has been asked, what's going on? What's going on? With all the things that's going on in the country today, we have protests and we have killings of our black brothers and sisters. We want to know what's going on. Can we make a difference in making our voice be heard? Last week we had a, a show that said that, do you hear me? Do you hear me? You know, that's a metaphor that I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Now we see that the that the climate is changing here, that people are hearing our voices. I would like to just encourage you to get involved in, in, in the civic of upheaval that's going on in our country today. I ask you to go out and vote. I ask you to be with someone that's seeking the interests of of a nation as a whole. Here, and, you know, and because you know the what's going on with through our legal system, through our justice system.
it's a it's a crying shame here. Our brothers and sisters are losing their lives. We all have been affected one way or the other. With the unemployment rate is sky high, the pandemic is running rapidly, and what's going on? It makes you want to throw up your hands and holler. I want to just encourage you to uh, continue to do what you're doing if you're doing it for the Lord and not doing it for for your own self. I encourage you to uh, take care of your father's business. I encourage you to be strong in the Lord. We have our co-host on the line here just a moment. We're going to bring him in. But we're also going to play an archive section from a previous show that we did from Next Generation. Uh, that's a, a, a ministry of, uh, 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 not a, it's a ministry per se, but it's also a, a community activist uh, hub that they go out and they uh, uh, address the wrongs that have been done to the uh uh, community as a whole, as the black people, uh, anyone that has been misused and misabused by the justice system. So we're going to bring them on here. And I'd uh, just like to just say uh, our calling number is 310-982-4126. And our phone line is lighting up right now, so I'm just trying to manage the calls and, and everything. I've got Brother Daniel on the line here. And so we're going to play another excerpt of a of, of record here. And then we're going to go on with the business at hand here because it's very important. It's very important for us to stay connected. It's very important for us to see what we can do to make a difference. calling number is 3109824126. You know, the question had been rendered. It had been, what's going on? What's going on? This is inner city blues here. I don't know what's happening here, but I, I feel like that I, need, I could do something to make a difference. And we're going to bring our co-host on the line here, and then we're going to go on with the show at hand. Good morning, Brother Daniel. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you, Reverend Lewis. How are you doing? It's bright and bright. I'm doing great, doing great here. We're for a good time this morning. We're going to go back over some of our previous archives of the next action generation here. And, you know, there was a, uh, a community-based um, uh, program that was addressing the needs of uh, men and women at risk in the community with the legal system and other things that associated with the justice system. So we're going to bring that on. We had a great interview with that young man there. But, uh, but Brother Daniel, everything that's going on here, I thought it was appropriate to do some Marvin Gaye today. He said, inner city blues, something to make you want to holler. Then he said, what's going on, Brother Daniel? You know, uh, I had some good news well, what last night. Huh? <laughs> I had yeah, some, I had some good news last night. Marvin Gaye was a prophet. You know what I'm saying? We had many prophets in those days. What else? We had one named Gil Scott Harrell. We had one named, uh, what was his name, Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. 
He said a lot. Yeah, they addressed the issues you that know, we were facing. Marlon Gay said a lot. You know what I'm saying? These guys were, they were, they were way, way above their time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, and as you see today, you can see this panic out in the street every day. I've been watching yeah. the TV for about two weeks now. Ever since Brother Floyd lost his life, and I have seen a lot of things on the media and in these cities that I thought that maybe I'll never see in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? I just saw, we have seen basically radical disagreement and strife in our streets. And you it's know, nothing unusual, brother. It's been going on a while, one but time, now. we've seen that on a daily, on a daily, daily effort every day. I think in the last two weeks, there's been a rally every day, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't have this here before, though, Brother Daniel. But it just ain't never been to this. Not every day like this, Brother Lewis. I mean, it's every day. Everybody's coming out. So this thing is serious, bro. You'll just be a black thing. Nationwide. And also, world. It's going around the world, Brother Lewis. And that's something we have to be mindful of. Other countries... See our plight, and they they, they hear our they hear our cries. They hear they they know what's going on. You know that's what I'm saying. What's going on? What's going on? They they see what's going on. Everybody can see what's going on. You know, and and like this young man said last night, basically, uh, they're tired of it. You know, basically, uh, I've been looking at some uh, um, uh, some films. I've been looking at uh, what's his name Van 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 Christ, the one that wrote about Sweet 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 Back, how he showed back in the movie days, how they had us, you know, looking at certain parts in Hollywood. They see us walking around, shuffling our feet, shuffling, you know, and that was the only role black people could get on movies. You know what I'm saying? Being servants and waiting on them. Then they also said. Uh, Every time we did something on the screen, they are trying to emulate what we did, too. You know, we never could outdo them. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen that on most of everything i ever seen in them that we do. We see it in sports. We see it in music. We see it in actors. And then basically, and I'm going to say it right now, we've seen it even being the president of the United States. We see they're trying not being outdone. They don't want them to outdo them. You know what I'm saying? They don't want us to outdo them. But, but why are we hated so much? I'm going to ask you a question, Reverend Lewis. Why basically do, are we hated so much? Why? Can you answer that? Can we, anybody answer that's that? That's what we are. And that's what we're attempting to address in our protest and our petition and make things uh, be known. You know, they did something yesterday that was, that really blew me away, and I was so pleased to hear the NFL, something that we've known for all our life, something that we strive to be a part of. After the games have been played for facing game, we will go out and imitate our favorite athlete, whether it's quarterback, running back, or whatever it may be. And the NFL, they said yesterday, hey, we hear your plight. We made some mistakes in trying to uh, judge what we perceived that you was trying to say, and we're sorry. They got to make up for some things that they had done in error, but yet they came to a measure of understanding their brother. And this, this thing is serious. This is more than just a white thing. It's a it's a it's a human thing here. It's a uh, it's a cultural thing here, man. It's a people thing. You know, uh, it's more than just a black and white issue anymore. Cause we see white people, old and young, getting abused by the uh, by the justice system, by the police on TV. And when they start seeing their own people being abused, they want to do something about it. I recall back when uh, Martin Luther King used to march, and, and Martin Luther King they used some young people to go out and sit in and do the sit-ins and things. And they didn't use them, but then the young, they encouraged our young men and women to go out and do it because they feel like they wouldn't treat them as bad as they would in the dust. But yet, 
uh, they did, they sick the dogs on them. And uh, some white kids are drawn in with some black kids, and they sick the dogs on them. Wait a minute, that's when, the, that's when, the, and that's when the, that was uh, uh, on the elected officers, officers came in and said, wait a minute, we can't have our kids getting killed along with, with the black kids. And basically, it was some Jewish people. Jewish people were marched with the Rebel Muslim yeah, Queen, you know? And once they got hurt, once they got hurt, you was just adding injury to an insult. You know, you hurting your yeah. own kind. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so this is, so things are going to change, brother Daniel. Hey, hey I'll tell you what, I need to play a record here. Then we're going to, hey, we got this archive section here, brother, that I want to play. Cause I think it's very important for us to address these issues, and these issues are still going on. And I'd just like to just say that we got to continue to keep on, uh, keeping on. That's the only way these things are going to change. Now, before I get into this archive, before I get into this record, you want to have something to say uh, regarding uh, about the plight of the U.S. and, and our legal system right now? Well, uh, I have a couple of things I really want to say, but time won't allow to say today. But as I have seen for the last couple of days, now I have seen people talking. A lot of seen a lot of people making speeches and basically inventing. You know, uh, mostly uh, I've seen a. When you vent, and basically when you're speaking, and you basically letting out steam, you're letting out aggression, aggression, all this pent-up aggression that's inside of people that's been going on for years, because you can talk and you can speak, but when you get inside your legal systems, basically you seem like you're restricted because you're in this court set. Basically, when you're talking. Even in some of these sessions downtown with a lot of these uh, people, they give them two minutes to talk. And then when they talk too much, I saw one guy over there in Fort Worth, they put him out because he, he just got overboard with it. He just couldn't control himself, and they put him out. You know, but everybody got something to say. Everybody has something to say. What are they listening to our complaints and our wants and our and our needs, you know, there's have to be a time when we're gonna have to stop listening and do. They're gonna have to do. They're gonna have to. There's gonna have to be some results. And I would say, I saw today they said uh, we're gonna try to uh, restrict some of the police. Before they shoot you, they're going to have to ask questions. Uh, while they draw their guns on you, they're going to have to you just, just uh, judge yourself. Like the Bible tells you, before you say something, examine yourself. You know what I'm saying? Am I doing the right thing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Instead of you just acting, examine yourself. Right? That's so true there, Brother Daniel. That's so true. I tell you what, hold that thought there, Brother. We're going to be back with you shortly. We're going to get a little uh, something to kind of go about, go about with what you're saying. And because, uh, bro, we want to make this thing real. We want to make this thing real. And And the world is in their hands 
Carl Reed is going to come on, and she's going to conduct the interview with Mr. Alexander this morning. Carl Reed is no stranger to our Blog Talk Network. She has been on our show before in a different format, but as well, we would like to just tell you something about her. Carl Reed herself is an activist for human rights and civil rights changes. She also continued to work with her alumni at Southern Methodist University regarding these issues. She have uh, she have made two pilgrimages with the SMU Civil Rights uh, Pilgrimage sponsored by the SMU Theological Program. This civil rights pilgrimage have allowed her to visit, walk, and stand in the exact same places as Martin Luther King and other civil rights historical uh, men and women following the footsteps of, of the soldiers uh, for the civil rights movement, and also in the in modern uh, martyrs uh, for the civil rights movement. Amen. So we'd like to bring them two on, and we're going to open the phone line up. You two can join the conversation, uh, be a part of the show at three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. You two can call in and ask our guests a couple of questions, or just kick back and rejoice and enjoy the program. And then the next voice you'll hear will be our guest, Mr. Alexander. Good morning, Mr. Alexander. Good morning, Mr. Alexander. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we have our co-host on the line also, Miss Carol Reed. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Mr. Alexander. Good morning. Well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just kick back and uh, enjoy this show. Uh, uh, Mr. Alexander, I'm going to turn you over to uh, Carol Reed, and she's going to conduct our interview. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Mr. Alexander. It's a pleasure to have you on the show this morning, and thank you for your time and everything. Brother Joe, thank you for the opportunity to sit in and co-host with you this morning. Mr. Alexander, I am, I am, I tell you what, I've looked over your, um, the website for the network and it is fantastic, it's wonderful what you all are doing. So let me just give you an opportunity to, in your own words, to give us, uh, kind of what the network is all about and, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and the network that you founded. Well, I can give you a gesture of the history of the Next Generation Action Network. Um, I have, been a part of organizations, the NAACP and the PUSH Coalition, done several works for different organizations. Um, um, this time last year, a year ago, I felt like there needed to be a more stronger presence for the next generation um, to have a platform to be able to lead and, and be able to address some of the concerns that's normally going on. Um, normally, these organizations, they normally welcome us in and, you know, they welcome us in into a more um, lower type level. But the next generation have some impactful leaders across America that if, if a platform pre pre presents itself, they will be able to lead and make some very impactful changes. So I wanted to be able to focus an organization, not include, not, 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 you know, not xing out um, people that's over the age of 40, but someone, the organization that really focused on impacting the people uh, of the ages under 40 and under. Um, and I started the Next Generation Action Network to take on that issue. And I did not want to make an organization that's based off just one race. Um, I wanted to build a multicultural organization um, because I feel that the problems that is it, uh, brought about in America are going to take all of us. And I don't care what race, color, skin, whatever it may be. Um, it's not a black problem. It's not a white problem. It's not a Hispanic problem. It is a human problem. So we uh, be it, we uh, commit ourselves to be able to fight for not only civil rights but human rights. And uh, we started the Next Generation Action Network based on that principle, fighting for uh, our education system being perfectly underfunded, um, uh, human sex trafficking, domestic violence in the community, uh, uh, violence in the community, police brutality. Um, and, you know, uh, my uh, I grew up in Oak Cliff, uh, Texas, and um, I started a foundation about a year ago called the Kelly Alert Foundation. 
in which we have a bill on Texas floor called the Kelly Alert for victims of imminent danger between the ages of 18 to 64. Um, similar to the Amber Alert and the Silver Alert, but this is for um, the people between that gap. So we're trying to do some amazing things and being able to be impactful to be able to change some lives and help some lives. That is incredible. That's a lot you all have going on, and I love the the whole ideology behind it being young people. And it kind of takes us back to um, the civil rights movement, but that involves SNCC, which was a, a, a young organization of, you know, per se college students and, and under. And I know for a fact they went all the way back to elementary, even in the civil rights movement where, you know, you had your college, and when they got arrested, then they had to move to the actually even lower grade school children out there in the civil rights movement as foot soldiers. So that being said, I, I mean, I understand also, Mr. Evans, that you're an ordained minister for the Chula Missionary Baptist Church. And so with that being said, I wanted to pose this question. Uh, the civil rights movement, the foundation of all of what the civil rights movement was, you know, involved an organization of ministers and by and large the church, the church itself. Uh, I mean, we all know that the boycott, uh, bus boycott in Alabama was constructed as a pseudo uh, station um, or transit, transit system, if you will, through the church and through uh, members or volunteering their cars and they're buying automobiles to transport those people for the entire year of the bus boycott. And so you've been an ordained minister and, and this movement you have, what would you say, because well, I think what's missing here, and it's just my opinion, you know, is the participation of the church, the strong uh, participation of the church that made the civil rights movement so successful. So what role do you think the church should play today with your organization, as, organization such as yourself? What role do you think the church can play today, and do you even think they will? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, um, as a historian of the civil rights movement and other movements that went across the world, um, I know that the church had a very strong presence in and being able to bring about change. Even when, and, and if you uh, read the Bible, change came with the church. Um, I feel that the church should have a more stronger presence and my organization is gearing up to make sure that we can be able to galvanize churches to have a more stronger presence on the issues that's going on. Um, it saddens me every day that we don't have our churches um, being heavily involved with the things that we're doing in the community. Um, I tell people all the time, I was, you know, I, I, in the city of Dallas just alone, we had more of the top 100 largest churches in the country in the mm -hmm. DMW mm -hmm. and I just think about that and that we can be so much impactful, but I know mm -hmm. that the government, know that the, the people that, um, you know, push oppression towards different people, they know that, and mm -hmm. they have the strategy very strongly to make sure that we're not able to be impactful in gaining the support of churches. So um, under the direction of my church, the True Love Missionary Baptist Church, Dr. Emmy Sargent, mm -hmm. Dr. Emmy Sargent, one of the founding members, um, the Oak Cliff Ministers Union and, and the International Ministers Alliance in Dallas, and I've been working very closely with pastors to be able to uh, bring about change in our community. Mm -hmm. um, and and being able to connect with pastors with history that they cannot argue with. Okay, that is that's incredible. I, I totally agree with you on that, and I I, I am hoping uh, that the churches will become more involved uh, in this movement. Uh, and you're so very right. It's the most the successful mega churches here in here in the Dallas area, in the Texas area, you would think that we would have a little bit more support on that. And so uh, I'd like to ask, uh, you know, I understand that you work with uh, an organization that likes to involve the young people, a young people's movement. So with 
a generation that is so violent prone towards one another at times, how are we going to be able to get them to pro- to protest or conduct themselves in a non-violent manner that would garner this new respect for a generation, for an organization such as yourself? How are you how are you going about in the recruitment of young people, and how are you getting these young people with the, that nowadays they have a quite a violent mindset to come together and come under the umbrella of an organization such as yours? Well. The main thing about uh, I'm trying to build an organization where to be likely and more innovative that young mm-hmm. folks be able to come. I tell you, most of the time, they find me. Okay. Um, they find the organization, then we okay. finding them. Um, and, and, and right now in the community right now, we just have to have things that's going to be able to impact them. And when we get them, we educate them on the people that did it in a violent way, and we educate them the people that did it in a nonviolent way. And we we weigh out the success and the things they were able to accomplish. And everybody agree at the end of the day that the nonviolent folks accomplished a lot of things. And um, we just go about history, and most of us know about Martin Luther King. And most of us are tired. Uh, I think we went on a dormant stage. My mom's generation, my mom agreed with me that in the 90s and the 80s, it kind of went on a dormant stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I think um, black people and different people started getting a little bit of it. A lot of stuff was a little bit addressed, and they was like, okay. and, And it went on a dormant stage. So I believe that this is a generation that will bring this thing back up and put it back into the grid to really uh, be able to take this thing to another level and being able to address these um, uh, tr- serious um, racial um, um, comments, racial things, um, lack of opportunity in our employmentship. Um, I just spoke at the commissioner's court. Um, this past week, um, Mike Contrell made a comment, John Wiley Price and Elba Garcia, they uh, was bringing the diversity into the new Parkland Hospital, and 57 mm-hmm. out of 57 top executives, 42 of them was white. And um, the commissioner, Mike Contrell, he said, he made a comment, he said that, I know that we always say that the, uh, the staffers should reflect the patient's but maybe the staffers should reflect the reflect the taxpayers. So we protested him to ask him exactly who is the taxpayer. So are you telling us the minority communities do not pay taxes in Dallas County? You know, so and, and right now, you know, we very well we very well need to stand up on these issues and address these issues. That is that is fantastic. Now that's the way to go. Y'all are y'all are holding their foot to the fire on those on the important issues out there. And I mean that's a that's a wonderful thing to know that y'all got that covered too. Okay, and so I let's see. I was just going to shift gears. And um, in terms of the the um, in light of all of the the, the latest um, things that have been happening out there in the community, and particularly with um, the violence upon. Uh, um, Young African American, Latinos, and even poor whites. Um, what what um, do you think um, your role will be in reaching out to law enforcement to have them um, come to an understanding or come to more involved with the community and and coming together so that maybe we can work some things out with regards to how they approach us in our communities and even how we react to them when they come into our communities. Well, main first thing, you have to open up the dialogue with these mm-hmm. folks. Um, mm-hmm. About a month ago, um, I was invited to a police simulator. And what I went through in this simulator, it was with the Dallas Police Association. And what I went through is three different um, simulator cases um, of, of live interactions of how police, what they go through. Um, I did a press conference, and they asked me a question. They was like, um, what do you do? And what, well, main thing about it is, is when an officer tells you um, to do something, please do not hesitate to um, stop and render aid and do the things that they're telling you to do um, because we cannot win it in the streets. Most people felt like 
I shouldn't have done that. You know, most people in the police brutality uh, thing, I shouldn't have do that. But we have to open up the dialogue to be able to interact. Now, they invited most of our, all of our state leaders and our city of, uh, city of Dallas leaders and mayors to do this simulator. And I was the one guy that was able to do this simulator. Now, at this advantage, I'm able to use this at my best advantage in being able to address some of these concerns that's going on in our community. So with that being said, we were able to make some alliance and be able to open up dialogue between the Dallas Police Association and um, our organization to be able to go into this next year with some strong reform towards policing and, um, and, and definitely address this issue. So we're definitely opening up our dialogue and being able to um, the community needs policing and the police needs community. That is that now that's awesome. I don't even <laughs> that's how you do it right there. And to just like you're going and getting the tools that you need and, and that's perfect. Like that's that's kinda I mean, you know, I just think everything you're saying is just right on point. I mean, you can't you're going in all the right directions and I think that this is gonna be a wonderful thing that uh, I hope the listening audience is taking all this in and finding out ways that they can get in touch with this organization because I can tell you, as you've heard Mr. Alexander explain, you know, they are going in uh, the right direction in bettering our communities. And so it is just important, the work that you all are doing. And so, um, Joe, at this time, will you be taking questions for Mr. Alexander or should we keep moving along? I think this is a great interview. We want to thank both of you for being on here and doing uh, what God ordained you to do. Mr. Alexander, you hit on some very important points about uh, the church being involved, how the young people are seeking you out. Will you give us some information, uh, and the phone lines are filling up, so we'll give Mr. Alexander plenty of time to express his thoughts and comments regarding the questions that you have asked him, and they've been very timely questions. Mr. Alexander, give us some information on how someone can get in touch with your organization and be involved in what you're doing. Well, currently, um, you can go on our website. It's just www.nextgenerationactionnetwork. That's www.nextgenerationactionnetwork. Um, or you can go on our Facebook, the Next Generation Action Network. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Tumblr. We're on YouTube. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on all the social media handlers. Um um, or you can call our organization at 866-337-3060. That's 866-337-3060. And I'm also on Twitter under Minister Dominique Alexander um, and on Facebook under Minister Dominique Alexander. Great, great. Thank you for that. Now, Carol, will you please help go ahead and finish uh, conducting the interview? we got the phone lines sure. of uh, uh, Bill it up here, so we're going to get some okay. more uh, questions presented, okay. then we'll open the phone line up. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, Vander, this is, this is an, I'm, I'm loving this interview. This is so great. Um, so, and in regards to some of the information that you picked up in working with the police, um, what advice do they give you on how minorities are, should act when they're approached by the police if, if they have provided information with you? Did they give you any insight on how we should conduct ourselves when we are approached by, say, law enforcement? Well, the main thing about it, the most educated way is that to take the mindset only that we cannot win it in the streets. We cannot win it in the streets. I don't care how you feel. I really don't care how reserved you feel. Please, it, for your protection, always, if the officer tells you to put your hands up, we pray that this officer does, do not do anything unconstitutional. But one of the things is, is that you can pick up your phone. You can audio. You can do whatever you want to do to audio and make sure that whatever's done, you're safe at this time. And... um we want to make sure that if this officer tells you to put your hands up, officer wants you to do, that you're rendering everything that this officer is doing. And that if you wait and this officer violates 
anything of you and you wait later, we will make sure that this officer is held accountable towards his action, towards what's going on. So we don't want to be going after protesting later on um, after someone has lost their life again. Um, We are trying to raise awareness so people can understand that we need um, um, everybody to have a mindset of being able to educate themselves on how to interact with police officers and then at the same time we're working very diligently on how officers need to interact with citizens. And that mm-hmm. one thing is that the officers need to stop killing our unarmed black men in our community and our minority people in this community where the racism and statistics are very, very high of unarmed mm-hmm. men. And over 40 years, no one has been indicted of shooting, uh, a, a, fatal, a fatal shooting of an unarmed black man in 40 years. You know, and um, and we have so many of those cases, and we must we must address those cases. We must address them, and um, that's what we're doing. That's fantastic. You're right about that, and I and I have to agree with your mom because I'm I'm probably from her generation, and she's right. You know, there was it, we did lay dormant or for a while. I guess, I mean, I, as we were growing up, we were probably young, but it seemed like there was a dormant. Everybody got complacent on how things were. But it today it seems so much like uh, we're returning to all of the the um, community issues of violence and, and all those things that were happening in the 50s and 60s and that, that prompted the movement of the civil rights movement. So um, it, now the Next Generation Network is a wonderful place that a person can, they can contact the organization uh, for information regarding issues that they may have had with the police. Is that correct? And if, and if not, you guys, what are the proper channels they can take when you're abused by the police? Well, yes, we we definitely will love to uh, hear the case and hear it out and, and, and being able to address it. Um, right now we have uh, numerous of cases of officer interactions of people that are currently alive, um, and we're currently addressing them and being able to make sure that we uh, put the right attention right. on these cases. So definitely we are uh, working with uh, a couple of people with doing that. So you can definitely call our organizations. Um, if you're having a problem with police interaction in your community, different things, um, if you want to um, your police department to step up more community policing in your uh, neighborhood, you notice that they keep on sending different officers in your neighborhood, and you want to make sure that these same officers are being placed in your neighborhood to know your neighborhood, to know the people in there. Because one of the things that that outline, if they keep on switching people into your neighborhood, that encouraging that that brings harassment more up. You get me? Because you don't have a person that really knows the neighborhood, knows the folks. Um, I stayed in in McKinney for a brief minute, and um, most of the officers there, they knew me. They used to go down the street and they throw their hand up or whatever because it was the same officers. They they were the same ones. They knew who I was. They knew, you know. So if it's anybody come out in the neighborhood and they come and they like, nah, that dude, he ain't from no neighborhood, you know. So that's more the community policing that we need. So there's a lot of different um, small things that can go into making sure and ensuring that we are safe. Our police officers are hired by our taxpayers' dollars to protect and serve, not to kill us, to protect and to serve. So we must bring that mindset back out and be able to bring that and understand that. Uh, amen to that, and the brother is to me. <laughs> that is fantastic. I think we need to put that on some T-shirts somewhere around here. Um, so one of the things, I did, that's fantastic. Um, now, um, with, and, and as you mentioned, and I, and, I, and, I, and I was aware of that statistic as well, in 40 years, a police officer for killing an unarmed man here in the Dallas Police Department has not been prosecuted. Okay, with that type of police violence and that type of um uh, uh, you know, ratio that we have here for the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, 
do you believe that we at Next Generation as an organization, do you believe our voices can still be heard amongst that type of regime, this type of regime of not um, the police violence being, you know, uh, allowed and, and such a long tenure of time for them to be able to do what they do and not be held accountable. Do you think, do you, I know you probably, I know you do probably believe that, you know, you think our voices will be heard and how, how will we go about them, hear, I mean, hearing us with, you know, this establishment, especially with that type of statistic, you know, hovering over us? Well, I believe our voices is being heard in the community. And um, as long as we are um, basically working together and understanding what we're, what we're trying to accomplish in police reform, uh, we will be able to accomplish some great things. So as long as all the organizations and different are working together and, and that everybody understands what, what people are trying to accomplish, um, mm-hmm. there are several different organizations that's out there that's doing some amazing things for as far as in the police brutality ran okay. and um and, and definitely want to support them and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. keep on um making sure that we're lining up with the things that's going to work for the better good of all the um pending um uh, uh um bills that's on the floor in different states and and, and and in the United States uh, Congress, we definitely want to line up for that. That is fantastic, and I I, I tell you what, you you guys, I'm, you guys are amazing. You're doing some wonderful things, and and I will say, Brother uh, Alexander, I I live out here in the Plano, Texas area myself, and but I was born and raised in Dallas and and, uh, and Oak Cliff myself, and and I and it's, and I've seen the changes that are happening, and you're certainly right about that. Out here in the far north Dallas area, the police officers they know the, the people in their community. I mean, I, you can ask them about a student at a high school, and one of them will say, "Oh yeah, I know him, and I've met him." I'm like that's that's how it should be. Um, you know, recently um, in the news, not long ago, uh, the Dallas sheriff had the officers board the dark rail system and ride with us in an attempt, or making a, a good faith uh, gesture to get to know the people in the community and say hello and reach out to them. How, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that uh, that that move that they did? Well, uh, currently we. You know, we, we, we have a lot of things going on in our community that mm-hmm. we, we must address, and, and there's so much going on. But what we do is try to make sure that we address them one by one. Okay. And uh, that sounds good. And, so, um, and so, so would you like to see more of that, the reaching out that the Dallas area policemen did when they, when they boarded the dark trains and was – kind of, you know, meeting with people on the trains out in the community, you know, some people, you know, you'll have the naysayers say, well, that's just a pony and dog show. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a good an effort on their part. What do you think about that? That's, that's, that's an effort in the right way. Let me tell you this. We got people and individuals out here, and I, I give little light, um, uh, uh, basically adherence, adherence towards people with that type of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to repeat. You get me? We got to come from this. There's certain right. individuals in the country that I, when I hear them, I'll be like, okay, well, are you wanting to repair this relationship or are you wanting to keep it like it is? Um, right. And if you're wanting to repair this relationship, I believe that's the right step. Let's keep on encouraging that. If it's a dog and pony show, let's put our foot to the gas and make them keep on doing it. You get me? Um right. So that it would be more than a dog and pony show, and now we'll make sure we put the, our foot to the net and making sure that they keep on doing it. Um, so as long as you encourage yourself and steady working diligently and making sure that you're holding these officers across the country accountable towards their actions and the things that they're doing, encourage things that you feel that is a dog and pony show, encourage them to keep on doing it. Make sure they keep on doing it. And if they do not, make sure that you make your voices be loud and clear, that they use um, um, the the uh, publicity 
to make it seem like they were doing something and they wasn't. Um, so make sure that you put your, uh, because I know in the Dallas Police Department and the other police departments in the suburb communities, we're making sure that they're, they're starting things and they keep on doing it, not something that they're just going to start and they're just going to uh, think it's going to. We're going to end that interview right there. We pray you enjoyed that interview. And if you want some more of it, you want to hear the rest of it, please uh, go to our website there at Facebook Lewis and uh, look at our archive section there. And that's the one with the next generation, Mr. Alexander. See, uh, he was the president of that, uh, that organization at that time. This is an archive show. This is, We done it about a year, a year and a half ago. And guess what? The issue that we addressed on this program is still uh, still active today and still being uh, being worked on. So there's a lot of work to be done. As we stated earlier, please, please, please make yourself useful. And we want to thank Carl Reeves for conducting that interview. And we pray that you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it each and every time because if people like that made uh, made it possible for me today, people like that made it possible for us to go to schools we went, we're going to today. I'm talking about uh, working those type of uh, 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 programs. Those type of outreach of what Martin Luther King them done, what people done before Martin Luther King them, how they made a difference. And so we want to make sure that that we are continually to honor them and continue to go forth and, and uh, do the best that we can. We're going to bring our uh, co-host in here in a moment. Our phone line is lighting up right now, so thank you for listening to the program. We, uh, we uh, look forward to you continually to support this program. We pray we, uh, we're doing some some good things to kind of allow you to keep uh, keep being engaged in it. And we're not just out here talking about stuff. We're actually involved in the lives of people. You may hear, hear me say for that, that help change the life. And I don't take that lightly. I know I can't do anything apart from God, but God allowed me to go through some things and come out on the other side. And if I, if he can do that for me, he can do it for you. He's no respect of her son. So please, please, please make yourself available for the world is truly a ghetto but it takes you, it takes me, it takes all of us to clean it up. And as we think about those music, those throwback songs, those songs that we used to make it through life, those songs that we did protests, we did our uh, protest march on, those songs that we did to encourage each other, as we were living life that wasn't quite fitting to our desires, and we looked around and it was, and things just weren't right, and we made up in our mind to be community activists. I'm talking about each and every one of us. Hey, I want to have a better school in my neighborhood. I want the parks to be clean and safe. I, you know, I want to have better uh, water in the neighborhood. I want the streets to be better. But we saw that the world was a ghetto, and we wanted to straighten it out. We wanted to straighten it out. We wanted to straighten it out. And right today, men and women alike passion are marching the streets of every city here in the United States and 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 around the world also, various cities around the world, and they don't like what they see, and they want to make a difference. Somehow, our elected officials have missed the mark. But it's not too late. It's not too late. We encourage them to come on board. We encourage them to, to build on what we have started. And we encourage the next generation to come on board and do what we can't do, because one day we're not going to do the things that we're doing. I'm talking about encouraging supporting, and so we want to have other like-minded men and women to come alongside of us. So the call has been, uh, 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 been addressed. What's going on? Can you answer that question? You look around, can you make a difference in the society today? Brother Daniel, as we get ready to get out of here, I want to thank you, brother. What a great day we had today here, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation you had with those uh, your archive guests. And I can, uh, 
a brief synopsis on what he was saying. One of the main things he said was that you cannot fight the people right now. The only way you can fight what's going on is through your legal representation. Go out and vote. Put people with like minds as your same vision into public office. And that's basically how they got there. The people that are oppressing you, that's how they got there because they all put together and all like minds vote the same and think the same. So if anybody's not thinking the way you're thinking, you should basically figure out how did they get up there. They got mm-hmm. up there and we need to be mindful of people. And we need to be mindful of the people we put in office too. Do they have a character? Do they have the heart or the, compa- or the compassion to do? You got the to have the heart to, uh, to the people. that helps us. And well, if not anybody's not make thinking right. the way you think it, basically they shouldn't be up there. Yeah, right now. You know what I'm saying? Compassion. You know, we got a lot of people that wants to. They want that. Uh, they want that authority, but they don't know how to delegate that authority. They don't know how to work in that authority. So we need to be very mindful of the people that we selected as our elected officials that they have that passion, desire, and then we also need to put some things in place if they go if they don't do right to get them out of there. We should have them locked. Get them out of there until they, they time Amen. is over with. Because <laughs> that, that's devastating, there, brother Daniel. That's the, no, it, um, it's not too many I, things I, that you're I, just I, locked I see in. Great you can always get out um, of situation. For the next generation network in, in the years to come. Um, and yeah, you said get them out. And uh, if you look at it, we're talking and making a lot of speeches. A lot of the youngsters are uh, using rhetoric. They're talking. They're talking real intelligent, but basically all they're speaking loud and saying nothing. You know what I'm saying? Are you really making a, a path in their minds? Are, do, are they really hearing what you're saying? Or think that you're just grinning? Are you basically you in the heat of the moment? You know, a lot of people do things in the heat of the moment. A lot of people do things because they know the television cameras are on or they know the media is looking at them, you know. Uh, and after the media is gone and all the hip low and the hip low is gone, are they really... Uh, did they really hear what we said or what the people said? Uh, basically, you're going to push us aside for another election year. You know, push us aside, push us all out, everything what we stand up for and we fought for in this last two weeks. Or is it going to be pushed aside once November the second or November this year? You know? That is so true. Brother Daniel, we're going to close out here with some Gil Scott, man. We're going to do some throwback here, man. And, you know, and I always was amazed at what Gil Scott said, that the revolution would not be televised. It'll be live. We're living in the middle of a, a, a revolution right now, a revolution for justice, peace, and well-being. Mm-hmm. It would not be televised well, if it's live right today. Yeah, and so kick TV back and start this. We're going to close out with a word of prayer, okay? <laughs> Yeah, he, I would say he was a prophet too. You know, Brother Gil Scott. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and Four Parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 832 on the court from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still life of Roy Wilkins strolling through what in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Green Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and
and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on search for tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry Hall, women who are racist, and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Key, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or The Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a jump in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs and make cause bad breath. We pray that that gets you excited. The revolution will not be televised. It's live. We're living into in a revolution right now. We pray that you do things accordingly to the grace and the mercy of God, that you join yourself with someone, that you be mindful that the things that you do today affects our tomorrow. Yes, we do a protesting and making our voice be known. Do it in a decent and orderly fashion. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Keep going before the uh, uh, the, uh, the people in authority and let them know that things, are gonna, that things have to change. If not, we're going to continue to press Press, press, for the revolution is not televised. The revolution is live. We're closing out right now in a word of prayer. Grace and Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Dear Lord, we thank you for what we experienced this morning, dear Lord, with the, uh, with uh, Mr. Alexander, with the Next Generation dear Outreach uh, 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 Program, dear Lord. We pray, dear Lord, that you uh, that, that our ears was open for we uh, as we uh, listened to Mr. Alexander, how he was telling us, uh, the principles of how to govern ourselves, or how we have a, uh, a, a resource, and we have some people that are working on our behalf. We ask you, dear Lord, to allow us to blend with with those outside organizations, dear Lord, to help make a difference, dear Lord. As we look around our community, dear Lord, and we see that things just don't look right. Let us be very mindful, dear Lord, that we too can be involved. We too can help change the life in Jesus' name. Not a, 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 a not just a physical life, but a spiritual life, dear Lord. We look around and we see a lot of dead issues, dear Lord. We did financially, dear Lord. Our money just isn't going funny. We did health-wise, dear Lord. The health issues are not being addressed. We did job-wise, dear Lord. We're, uh, we're economically deprived. We ask you to breathe on us, dear Lord. Give us life. Give us a desire to do things right and in turn help our brother and help our sister. We thank you for Ms. Carl, dear Lord, conducting that interview. We thank you for Richard Daniel, dear Lord, how he continues to make himself available, how he speaks wisdom on this here program, dear Lord. Dear Lord, as we get ready to get out of here, we thank you for another opportunity, dear Lord. We pray that this that as they hear this program, that men and women is being empowered. The question has been rendered, what's going on? Can you do something about this? Let's get involved. Help change the life in Jesus' name. Amen.